Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, the voice of Hispanic conservatives. I've been given so many cool names. And yes, we're right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. A lot going down today. We've got Cardi B, Candace Owens, going at it on Twitter. I'm checking out this piece right here in Fox News. A feud between Cardi B and Candace Owens escalated on Monday as the Bronx rapper accused a conservative commentator of having, quote, an identity crisis for having a white husband, to which Owens responded, urging Cardi B to stop reading her DNC script. They kept going in a series of bizarre, expletive-laden videos in which she doesn't appear on camera. Cardi B suggested that Owens had an identity crisis for being married to a white man and not caring about black people. Damn saying, quote, she has an identity crisis. Just because she's black doesn't mean she gives an F about blacks. Cardi B is heard saying, after alleging that the father of Owens's husband is part of a group linked to an upper-class KKK in the United Kingdom. Listen to this. Today, one of the most popular Trump supporters, which is Candace Owens, really, yo, she really says some real nasty things about me. Because Joe Biden and... Joe Biden sat down with me to speak with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I saw that interview. And you want to know something? Two weeks ago, Fox News were really talking shit about me too because Joe Biden sat down with me to do the interview. But let me tell you something, right? Why wouldn't Joe Biden sit down with me, Cardi B? I have millions of followers. And I pay millions in taxes. I have the number one song in this country. I got the number one song in fucking the United Kingdom. I have the number one song in Australia. I got the number one song in New Zealand. I'm I'm, I'm heard all around the world. So just like I can make people pop their pussy and have a good time and make them feel like a bad bitch, I could also encourage millions of followers to go vote. And I don't know what black man broke your heart. I don't know what black woman licked your wrong that you hate your kind so much that you you talking about joe biden be pandering your fucking president can pander because nobody fucks with him he was fucking crying because football players don't fuck with him so what are you talking about now of course candace owens didn't stay there and take that she clapped back and said that cardi b must not be showing her face in these videos because she's reading a script quote you're gonna tell me she's just not gonna show her face in all of these videos she shows her face no matter what she looks like, Owens said. So, Cardi B, stop hiding. Stop reading your DNC Democrat script because you look ridiculous. She then held up a plush sheep doll to the camera and impersonated Cardi B in a mockery of Instagram videos. 
Listen to this. You continually keep saying you have a number one song. It means shit. Nobody cares about a song about your wet ass. Excuse my language for my followers. Um, being num- being number one. I have a number one song in the UK. I have a number one song in Australia. I have a number one song in New Zealand. That has nothing to do with black America and whether or not you are helping or hurting. Right now, you are hurting black America. Okay? When you stand on a platform and you pretend to care about black men, when you ask Joe Biden, what are we going to do about these black men dying? He should have asked you back, what are black men going to do about black men dying? Because 94% of black men are killed by other black men. Okay? We don't have an issue with police officers. In fact, if you go into those inner cities and you go into those projects, they need more policing. So you're a fraud. You're sitting here saying, making it seem like you're afraid of police officers. Are you afraid of your husband? You're more likely to be killed by your husband, way more likely to be killed by your husband than you are by a police officer, and you know that. Now, the feud started on Sunday night after Candace Owens shared a clip from her appearance on the Ben Shapiro show, and Cardi B took exception to it. Candace Owens said, it's one of the biggest insults if black Americans are not insulted by the fact that Joe Biden who has been hiding in his basement, you know, for the entire year, made an appearance to come out because he was doing an interview with Cardi B. Now, if you guys listen to this program, we talked about that when it happened. Man, crazy stuff. He's dodging every reporter under the sun, but says yes to Cardi B. Candace continues, do we have nothing better to offer? And this is what she shared in the clip that's on her Twitter page. She goes on, Joe Biden, you're pandering. You look at Cardi B's Instagram and you see that she has millions of followers and you think, okay, this is an illiterate person. And if I appeal to this illiterate person, they think she's so cool. She's hip just because she's sitting here and taking an interview with Biden saying black people will vote for me. It's basically saying black people, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're foolish. And that's a quote from Candace Owens on the Shapiro show. So Cardi B hits her back. This is the Sunday start of the beef taking exception to the fact that she was accused of, you know, pandering to blacks. And that's why Biden was interested in speaking with her to begin with. And she brought up a sister, Hennessy Carolina, who had some beef, I guess, going to the beach in the Hamptons with people that she's calling racist MAGA supporters. I've met a lot of MAGA people. I haven't met a lot of racists. But that's the basis for this. Cardi's thoughts in her tweet, you want to know why Joe got to talk to me, Candace? Because I got the number one song, and yet my sister can't go to the beach in the Hamptons without Trump supporters harassing because they were by themselves. And Santa Claus was harassing my sister. Girlfriend, all because (laughs) they're Afro-Hispanic gay couple. Now, if that's true, that's a shame. But that didn't end there. Candace Owens hit her back, and she said, never listen to a person that has private security but wants the public police defunded. Never listen to a millionaire that made it here in America, but trashes our country. These Hollywood idols are frauds, leading sheep down paths they never took for themselves when they discovered success. I got to agree with that one. Not necessarily toward Cardi B, but necessarily towards the hypocrisy of so many people, including the Minneapolis uh, City Council. Right? They, they voted to disband police there, uh, Seattle, and so many places. And next thing you know, they all got private security details watching their back. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely no cop for you, but lots of armed men for me. Come on, man. You can't make this up. You really can. I think this goes beyond comprehension. People can't make it up. It's got to happen in real life so that we could talk about it. Because in your right mind, you would never come up with the idea of let's not have police. Let's just not have them. That's dumb as hell. For those of you that have been listening to this program since the beginning, you know that I've often said 
that both AOC may have a conservative bone in her body and Cardi B definitely has plenty. Cardi B has made it here in America. She's as entrepreneurial as they come. She wants to say what she wants. She loves her free speech. She loves making money. She's got family values. She's married. She's got a kid. She didn't abort the kid. She takes care of her family. Sounds pretty conservative to me. It's just politically unpopular for her to say, you know what? I probably agree with more policies from Trump than I do with Biden. Just like when she interviewed Bernie Sanders and for the couple of seconds where she kept it really real and she was concerned about how taxing her was going to pay for other people to have health insurance. People who aren't working as hard as her. People who aren't putting the effort that she is. Perhaps not as creative. People that want to live their life riding on her coattails with their hands in her pocket. And of course, you remember the clip that I played back then when we talked about this, where she said, I want to know what they're doing with my money. I want to know what they're doing with my money. I mean, that was classic. And you know what? I think most of America agrees with her. Why is the government taking so much of our money in taxes? Whether you're making $10 million or you're making $10 an hour, the government taking money has never been cool. Everybody wants to know, what's the government doing with my money? So Cardi, I think you're a lot more conservative than you let on to be. Candace, kudos to you. You laid it down. You held your own. Good for you. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. Bienvenido, America. I am Rich Valdez, and you're listening to This Is America. I just want to remind you about my buddies at JustFacts.com. JustFacts.com. They're on Twitter at JustFacts, RealJustFacts, excuse me, at RealJustFacts. And you want to check them out. Go to JustFacts.com slash Rich, J-U-S-T-F-A-C-T-S, period, C-O-M, JustFacts.com slash Rich, and sign up for your free monthly email newsletter. These guys give you the real deal. You want info, they've got the info. It's clean, it's not tainted. You definitely want to stick with them. This is why I always say they are the number one think tank right outside of Washington, D.C., right here in New Jersey. Check out justfacts.com slash rich. Now, speaking of facts, one of the facts that we can't refute is that when Donald Trump ran for president in 2016, he earned a higher percentage of Hispanic votes than Mitt Romney did prior to him in 2012. And in the same way, there's a lot of polls out there right now that are showing that Hispanics are moving over to the Trumpster column. El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States, El Presidente. Now, a lot of people may not believe that to be true, but there's a lot of speculation out there that Trump is going to break 40%, which would tie with George W. Bush. And some are... even going as far to say that he'll beat the 40%. Now, I'm not in the crystal ball business. I'm not a palm reader or anything like that. But I am going to say, El Trumpito, El Presidente, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th President of the United States, is definitely making inroads. When you have organizations like the Republican National Hispanic Assembly with uh, their project, Bienvenido, reaching out to young people, memeing like crazy on all of the social media platforms. When you have groups like the Lexit movement, memeing like crazy out there all day, every day, talking about the Latino exit from the Democrat Party, you know that there's a lot of momentum coming from communities of color, in particular Hispanics. 
So it doesn't surprise me that I saw this editorial in the New York Post by the Post Editorial Board. Headline, Watch the Hispanic Vote and Other Commentary. And this is from yesterday. Check this out. President Trump got 28% of the Hispanic vote in 2016, says David Drucker of the Washington Examiner. But a fresh Quinnipiac poll pegs his Hispanic support now at 36%, and his team predicts 40% on November 3rd. Republican John McCain only got 31% of the Hispanic vote in 2008, and Mitt Romney got just 27% four years later. And though Hillary Clinton snagged 66% in 2016, Joe Biden's share, says Quinnipiac, is stuck at 56%. Republicans credit Trump's outreach to Hispanic voters for his relatively high numbers amongst Hispanics. And those numbers are key. Hispanic support in swing states could push Trump over the top in a close race. Quote, Donald Trump saved Kenosha, declares ex-Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker at the Washington Times. Local Representative Brian Steele, a Republican, asked Trump for assistance to restore order, and the president immediately had an aide contact Governor Tony Evers, a Democrat. The editorial board at the Post continues, Joe Biden's decision to tap Kamala Harris as his running mate has reminded Catholics that the California lawmaker was extremely hostile towards Catholicism and her animus towards Catholics whose moral lives are informed by church teaching. And that's according to Kenneth Craycraft at First Things. For one thing, she sponsored a law to dilute, if not neutralize, the 1993 Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act and other laws in about 20 different states. Harris's philosophy subtly narrows a core First Amendment right, the free exercise of religion, to be the mere freedom to worship. That is, she thinks believers may hold fast to church teaching in private, but not to live out their faith in public life. Such a view is the foundation for severe restrictions on religious exercise. So yes, it's true that Trump is doing well amongst evangelicals in Florida and many other states. And it's also true that Hispanics take their faith seriously. Faith, family, freedom, all key staples to so many Hispanics, especially those. And not like my family, that we've been Americans for generations. But I'm talking about people that come from Venezuela, people that come from Chile, people that come from Cuba, people that come from so many different places where they've been suppressed. They love America. If you listen to the last episode of This Is America, you heard my story about the gentleman who does the building work, who's an immigrant who shared his story with me, or the episode before that, where I shared about the gentleman who has the coffee cart outside, another immigrant who loves America. So many people misunderstand Hispanics because of hateful rhetoric, because I guess they've associated the Democrats' policies of allowing people from Central America and South America to have pretty much open access to the southern border Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. And they've equated that with every Hispanic. And of course, that's stupid. And hey, there's stupid people out there. What do you want me to tell you? But the reality is people that have come to America, waited online, applied for their visas, emigrated correctly, or people that are like me, they're just 
their parents were born in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's part of America. It's been so since 1917 as part of the Spanish-American War. There's so many Americans of Hispanic heritage in this country. The largest voting minority. And for many years, there's been so much talk about eventually in 2020, Hispanics will be the largest voting minority. And here we are. I mean, in the last few days, there's all these great headlines. Check this out. New York Times. There is no route to the White House without Latino voters. Miami Herald. Biden is struggling to win Miami Latinos new poll finds. Will it cost him Florida? Time Magazine. Democrats worry that Joe Biden is taking Latino voters for granted. Boston Globe. Trump's potentially successful Latino strategy. Philadelphia Inquirer. Philly Coalition organizes to educate skeptical Latino voters about November. Now, these are not just pro-Trump articles, but these are major publications. Some we'd consider fake news, others we wouldn't. Some are propaganda, some are not. That notice that this is a huge piece of electoral real estate, the Hispanic vote. And it doesn't vote as a monolithic voting block, but in many ways it shares values. And it shares values that I would say are much more in common with conservatives than with liberals or progressives. And for years, so many people, because of poverty, because of the lack of information and other things, have fallen victim to what I like to call the big lie. And the big lie in this situation is Democrats are for the poor and Republicans are for the rich. And that's something I've spoken about before. And as a kid, I heard it and I said, man, if they're for the rich, I want to be rich. So uh, I want to be wealthy. I'm with them. But I don't think everybody saw it that way. Point is, of the two candidates going into the November election, only one of them seems to be gaining traction with Hispanics. The other one's expected to win Hispanics, right? Biden is expected to have 75, 80% plurality of Hispanic voters. Yet the polls are showing him at 56%. Why? I can tell you why. Biden sucks. He sucks at campaigning. He's hiding. He's fighting for his life by hiding. He's deathly afraid of the coronavirus. He's giving speeches with masks on. He's nearly 80 years old or nearly 79 years old. He's afraid to get sick. Yet Trump gets criticized for not wearing a mask. Yet Trump's flying all around the world, flying all around the country, running a campaign, running the country, doing a damn good job at it at that, looking strong, looking sharp, and looking committed to making America great again. So you tell me, all of us machista Latinos, Hispanics, Hispanos, Boricuas, who are we going to go with? I got hairy legs! Or only Rosie O'Donnell. I think that's a hands-down win for El Trompito Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States. I'm Rich Valdez, and when we come back, you're going to listen to me talk with my good buddy, Lee Smith. And don't let the Smith fool you. He's actually a Rodriguez born in Puerto Rico. Lee Smith is going to talk to us about what's going on in Washington, the permanent coup, and how enemies, foreign and domestic, targeted the American president. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. Bienvenido. That's Valdez with an S. And as I mentioned in the other segment, we have a special guest with us here today. He's the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Plot Against the President. And he's got a brand new book, The Permanent Coup, How Enemies Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President. 
None other than Lee Smith himself is with us today. Now, you know that Lee Smith wrote this book that Devin Nunes helped expose, and we've talked about it on this program, so I know you're up to speed on that, but we're going to dive into what's happened since the last book. Lee Smith, welcome to This is America. Rich, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be with you and your listeners. Brother, you you can't imagine how proud I am to have someone that was born in Puerto Rico. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> this That's is the, the inside joke with Lee and me yeah. is that he tells me, well, you know, I'm sort of a Hispanic conservative myself because I was born in Puerto Rico. I thought that was funny. So I told him he's on my Hispanic conservative list. Yeah, I know it's not the most Hispanic name going. <laughs> but uh, my, my, my late mother's maiden name was Rodriguez. So that's... I don't know, kind of the Puerto Rican version of Smith, I yeah, guess. Yeah, Smith. There you go. Yeah, yeah right, Smith. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So, Lee Smith, uh, this is quite the book. I've been looking at Thank it. You. I mean, Chapter 9 is is blowing the uh, the minds of so many people. This book came out, I think, on the 18th. Is that right? Uh, yes, that's right. Flying off the shelves. And I want you to follow along with us, but definitely head over to Amazon.com right now and get yourself a copy because this is a great book. Now, Lee, help us, guess, make sense of everything that's going on. We know from the last book, the Nunes memo, and we know that since then there's been some indictments and a few things happening, but bring us up to speed. Go for it. Right. Um, Yes, there has been some movement on the the FBI's uh, illegal spying operation on the Trump campaign, then the Trump presidency. And so... I'm confident uh, that that will continue to unfold and people will be held accountable for that. The problem is, the larger point that I make in the permanent coup is, is that this is continuing. You may have seen uh, President Trump tweeting about this a few times, but he's Mm -hmm. been saying this has been going on for four years. And that's absolutely correct. It all comes out of the original uh, Russiagate collusion conspiracy theory. And what I document in the book is how that turns into the Mueller investigation, which turns into Ukraine gate, which turns into the farcical impeachment process, the weaponization of the coronavirus. It turns into the, the raising and looting of American cities. I also have stuff in there about the, uh, about the mail-in voting, which many of your listeners may not be surprised to hear that it starts with none other than Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And that's really, the book really takes us up to the present, uh, deals with the riots, deals with the mail-in voting stuff. And it also points out a very disturbing fact. Four years ago, the people who were first involved, the U.S. officials who were first involved in targeting the Trump campaign were uh, current and past spies with the, uh, with mm. the American intelligence community and uh, allied, uh, allied intelligence services like Christopher Steele. What's happening right now, what we're starting to see happen right now, and this is what this Atlantic story is about. Unfortunately, it appears that former military officials have, uh, are now playing a role in these informations targeting the president. Of course, this is, a, this is an enormous concern when you have people who are, uh, who are going after Pentagon officials, who are basically issuing threats against top top leaders at the Pentagon. So again, it's been happening for four years, and we're heading right now into very dangerous territory before the election, and, um, and I'm afraid after as well. This is a crazy story, Lee. You know, as I'm listening to it, every now and again, I tried to take off my uh, 
talk radio Politico hat and yeah. and put on my everyday American hat. And I think right. a lot of people would sit here and say, hold on a second. You just right. said the weaponization of coronavirus. You just right. said the false phony coup against the president right. where this fake impeachment scandal. And I know a right. lot of people still aren't up to speed in realizing that former right. spies worked with Schiff and these guys really concocted this plan to as kind of political retribution for Donald Trump winning the presidency. Right. Well, to come back to the weaponization of the coronavirus, because I know that and for some people that is going to strike them as strange. Look, the coronavirus is a real thing. What's not a real thing is, say, in New York City itself, right, you had in Brooklyn uh, Orthodox Jews who were forbidden from gathering to pray. Mm-hmm. At the same time, in the same borough of Brooklyn, you had Black Trans Lives Matter uh, celebration, and they were they were praised to the heavens. And they were Americans heroes. Underst- right. Americans understood what was happening. Supporters of the president, conservatives, Republicans were being targeted, right, while left-wingers were being praised and rewarded, right? I mean, anyone who does this to their children knows what, kinds of tr- knows what kind of trouble you're getting into by raising your children. Can you imagine doing this to an entire country? And that's one of the reasons why we are heading into dangerous territory right now, because the country has been intentionally split. They're not just targeting Donald Trump, and they're not just targeting Donald Trump supporters. They're targeting the foundations of the republic. It's an extremely bad thing that's happening. The positive note is this, which is a really big, important positive note. Going around and reporting this book, The Permanent Coup, one of the things that I found is our neighbors, our fellow Americans, feel really lucky. They feel privileged to be alive at this time, a very meaningful time, where they get to stand up and say how important their country is to them, what it means to them. They're looking on at all this chaos, and they're wondering what's going on, and they're worried, and they're right to be worried. But the same people are saying, I know, I know how much I love my country. I know how important it is. And those people are keen to stand up and speak out and, and and defend the values and virtues of America. So that's the good news. You know, Lee, I, I appreciate the good news, but I have a question. Yeah. I mean, A, you mentioned Brooklyn. This is where I was born. Yeah. I was born in Brooklyn Jewish yeah. Hospital. And, and you're right. I saw that stuff unfold right before my eyes, these, these wow. rallies that were being celebrated and lauded as fantastic at the same time. You've got, you know, the Orthodox Jews and even my, my own church. I go to a Pentecostal church in New Jersey and uh-huh. we couldn't gather. So my, uh-huh. my question yeah. is, the title of the book, The Permanent Coup, should we have hope that this coup will end? The reason that I call it the permanent coup, it's not just because the series of operations targeting Donald Trump, but the fact is this is going to be a long fight because what the other side is doing, they want to undermine the foundations of the country. So it's a real conflict. It's a real struggle. It's not going to end. It's not going to end in November. It's going to continue for a very, very long time. And people are going to have to stand up and, 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 and express, articulate, not just vote, but argue, make their case for their country. So, no, it's going to go on. It's going, I mean, will it be as dire and as stressful as it's been when the coronavirus started and then the riots? I certainly hope not. But will there be different pressures on us? Will, uh, you know, w- w- will they try to force different laws and different regulations uh, down the country's throat? Yes, I think that's quite certain. And you see the different, you see the different 
policies, you see the different initiatives that the other side is trying to pull, which would absolutely destroy the foundations of the country. So, no, we're in for a long, we're in for a, a long struggle. Um, however, I'm optimistic that uh, I'm optimistic that America, that the country will come out, uh, will come out victorious. You know, Lee, I'm, I agree with you. I share your optimism. I've spoken with a lot of people in the last couple of weeks. I speak with a lot of people all the time, but mainly immigrants uh, that yeah. were born in other countries. And they're literally going out of their way to come to me because they know yeah. that I talk for a living. And they're like, hey, I want you to know what I think. <laughs> you uh -huh. know, they want to share their opinion with me. And they're telling me what you're telling me, that they right. love America. I've had people from Afghanistan, people from Egypt, uh, people from Cuba yeah. come to me and tell me, listen, I don't care what your political differences are with who Ever. However, don't speak ill of America. And I said, right. wow, it's funny how immigrants have that position, but native-born Americans, so many of them are America right. haters. So when you say that they're coming after the found the founding of our country, and in, in my opinion, they attack Trump, they're really attacking you, me, and anybody else, because I believe Trump right. is holding up the mantle of Americanism. How do you see these attacks unfolding? Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are concerned about chaos that's going to be going on during the election with the mail mail-in voting that this was in, uh, this is intended to provoke chaos around the country and that you know we we don't you know people are threatening that the, that it may take a long time to come up with a with a with a final tally and of course i mean we've seen violence in the streets of our cities for you know since the, since the spring will that continue i'm i'm, I'm afraid it will I just want to say something about the uh, uh, about the immigrants. Of course, mm -hmm. I, I, that's my first chapter of the book, where you know Congressman Devin Nunes is talking about how all these immigrants have been, you know, they their dream is to come to the United States, mm -hmm. and they've escaped all these tyrannical places, and in some ways they're being trapped by a lot of different, uh, you know, the, the the democratic socialists, their different initiatives. They're throwing the same tyranny at them, the same tyrannical policies and ideas that they escape. So it's very important, I think, the fact that immigrants are standing up for what their idea of America is. That brings us down to the brings us back to the foundations of the country. Nobody could have said it better. And if you want to hear more about that, you've got to buy the book. It's available on Amazon. And I'm guessing where every, uh, everywhere else you can buy a book. The book is The Permanent Coup, How Enemies Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President by Lee Smith. And yes, Lee Smith is my Puerto Rican brother from another mother. Lee Smith, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Rich. This was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Nice to speak with you. All right, everybody, that's Lee Smith, and you're listening to This is America. This is America.